Major funding for NJ Spotlight News is provided in part by NJM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years, and by the PSCG Foundation. Tonight on NJ Spotlight News, New Jersey senior senator slammed with a second superseding federal indictment, accusing him of accepting bribes, but this time for aiding Qatar. Um, it just adds to the level of voter disgust and voter frustration and, and, and the public perception that this is just a very big case. Also, races to watch in 2024. All eyes are on the Menendez Senate seat, but the fate of Congress hangs in the balance with every Jersey congressional seat up for grabs. It's going to depend, I think, on who the Democratic candidate is, how hard the Democrats work to get the vote out. Plus, breaking news, an imam dies after being fatally shot outside a mosque in Newark. And the state's housing market, rising mortgage rates and limited inventory are creating challenges for potential home buyers. When interest rates go below 5%, if they do, you'll see a blizzard of listings hit the market like we haven't seen in a incredibly long time. NJ Spotlight News begins right now. From NJ PBS Studios, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Venozzi. Good evening and thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night. I'm Raven Santana in for Brianna Venozzi. A new superseding indictment against New Jersey's senior Senator Bob Menendez dropped late yesterday and it alleges he accepted thousands of dollars in bribes in exchange for aiding the government of Qatar. And that bribery and corruption scheme he was embroiled in continued into 2023. These latest allegations build on the federal government's case against Menendez filed last September and it comes after a judge denied Menendez's request to postpone the trial until early July. To make matters worse, senior political correspondent David Cruz reports it's scheduled to begin May 6th, a month before the June primary. Senator Bob Menendez's strategy to delay his corruption trial, something a judge denied last week, may want to take into consideration the steady drip, drip of superseding indictments which make it impossible for Menendez to change the subject. Even though the filing didn't result in any new formal charges, Brian Whistler, who was an attorney with the Justice Department for 17 years, says that's not really the point of this superseding indictment. I think the purpose there from a legal standpoint is to reinforce what's already been alleged in, in the original indictment. Tactically, the purpose of a superseding indictment is often to leverage uh, a pressure or a position against a defendant, right? So it's clear that thus far, Senator Menez Menendez, through his uh, counsel, has maintained his in innocence, at least in the public square. Um, and so prosecutors are often inclined to try to leverage uh, their position by adding more charges or more color or both. And I think that's that's what you're seeing here. The new indictment charges Menendez with working for the interests of the Qatari government, which he allegedly hooked up with a developer slash co-defendant in exchange for gold, cash, and alleged in this latest filing, 
luxury watches. The more that's put out there in the ether about who this individual is in the eyes of the prosecutors, I think the more the prosecutors believe will be helpful to their to their case. The death of a thousand cuts. Yeah. Um, as far as the public view, here we go again. Right. You know, and 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 um, just can't get out from under it. And so, yeah, it, it becomes um, it becomes even more overwhelming. Um, it just adds to the level of voter disgust and voter frustration and, and, and the public perception that this is just a very big case, which, of course, it is. The new filing also alleges that Menendez was carrying on in a corrupt fashion into 2023, well after it was known that the senator was under investigation again. Meanwhile, as 2024 dawns, the campaign to replace Menendez, who still hasn't made his re-election plans known publicly, will intensify. Tammy Murphy posting yesterday in part, one thing is crystal clear, we need new representation and voices in Washington. Andy Kim also condemned the new allegations as the latest example of a broken political system, while union and community activist Patricia Campos, the latest to join the Democratic primary race just this morning, says Menendez has been a successful senator but can no longer do the job under the circumstances. He was a leader for so many key issues for us. But at this point, we need effective leadership, and he is no longer an effective representative for New Jersey. And that is why we need to have a real primary election in which New Jersey voters get to choose who they think is the most effective representative for their concerns. The senator's attorney called the latest allegations distorted and desperate saying the prosecution has no actual evidence of guilt to present. A jury will have to decide that, but in the meantime, in the court of public opinion, it's been a terrible holiday season for Menendez, as the prosecution makes it clear that they're planning to keep the pressure on. I'm David Cruz, NJ Spotlight News. There is no doubt Senator Menendez's legal woes are making his race the one to watch this year. The field of candidates running against him is getting deeper and more competitive, especially after Patricia Campos Medina tossed her hat in the ring. A veteran labor leader, activist, and a strong voice in the Latino community, one of Menendez's voting strongholds. This, as all of New Jersey's congressional delegation, is back on the ballot in 2024. So what can we expect our senior writer and projects editor Colleen O'Day joins me to break it all down. All right, headed into the new year. So much to watch in the 2024 political season. What can we expect? You know, so we're going to have some interesting primaries mm -hmm. this year, which is not something that we you know, may have. So that's something really that we're going to be looking out for in the beginning of the year. Um, you know, probably the biggest that I think everybody or we think everybody knows about mm -hmm. by now is the, the U.S. Senate seat. So, you know, Senator Bob Menendez in a lot of trouble. We had a new superseding indictment come down again last night. So there are new charges of, you know, federal corruption charges. Right now, uh, he has not yet decided or he's not announced whether he's running again, but we've got uh, four candidates. Tammy Murphy, of course, everyone's talking about she's gotten the, the party line in a lot of counties. That's right. uh, the first candidate to jump in is uh, Congressman Andy Kim from South Jersey. And, you know, he's not, he's saying don't 
you know, don't think you're going to take this from me. Right. Um, so he's very confident. You've got Lawrence Ham uh, up here from Newark. He's a, you know, really a, a, an organizer. And then just this morning, uh, Patricia Campos Medina That's right. jumped in to the race. That's right. um, a very well-known Latina. She's a, a labor organizer. So it, it's quite a, it's quite a field. And you know what? I don't think anyone saw that coming. I don't know if, any, if anyone saw that coming, and I really am interested to know what you think, how she's going to change the race. So, you know, Senator Menendez has talked a lot about his support among Hispanics. Mm -hmm. um, and so she is obviously a, a Latina, mm -hmm. and she's very well known in yes. the community. She's also well known among women's groups. So she has the potential to pull away, uh, perhaps convince Menendez not to jump in if he, mm -hmm. if he is still considering it, and perhaps to pull some support from Tammy Murphy. One of the arguments that, that has been made is that, you know, we've never had a woman senator in New Jersey, mm -hmm. and so, you know, now's the time. Uh, well, now you've got another option in, in Patricia Campos Medina. All right, Colleen, with all the congressional races back on the ballot for 2024, what are the races closely watched? So we have a couple primaries in the congressional races as well. Down in South Jersey for Andy Kim's seat, you've got right. two assembly members opposing one another. They both represent the seventh district in the state legislative district, so mm -hmm. that should be interesting. It's Herb Conaway and Carol Murphy. Um, and then up in the eighth district in Hudson County, where Rob Menendez, the son of the state senator, uh, is facing a challenge from the Hoboken mayor, Ravi Bala. Um, that has another potential to be a close race, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rob Menendez has support from the, the Hudson County political establishment, but it well, is- Well, a lot can change. A lot can change. Right. And is it possible that his father's name is going to take some support from him? Right. Um, we don't know. Uh, the big race, once we get to the general election, is going to be in the 7th District. Um, and that's okay. where Tom Kane is the freshman Republican. He defeated the Democrat Tom Malinowski in uh, 2022. And while that district is tends to lead Republican ever since we, we read through our well, districts. I was going to say redistricting played a huge part in a lot of this. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why Kane is in. But uh, if you look at the numbers from 2020, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Joe Biden won, would have won that district had it been constituted as it is, is today. So the question is, it, with Biden at the top of the ticket, will that help a Democrat unseat Kane? Colleen O'Day, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks very much, Raven. Mayors in a number of New Jersey towns are pushing back against the arrival of hundreds of migrants bus from Texas. Those migrants stopped in the Garden State en route to New York City, but mayors in Edison and Trenton say they're frustrated, claiming they just don't have the resources to support them, even for just a stop. And as Ted Goldberg reports, lawmakers say there needs to be less finger pointing and more accountability on how to handle the controversial issue. Governor Abbott, while putting uh, migrants uh, as pawns on buses, uh, did not bother to inform any of the communities in the Northeast Corridor. New Jersey mayors say they don't appreciate being surprised by buses carrying migrants passing through their cities over the weekend. The buses brought hundreds of asylum seekers from Texas on orders from Governor Greg Abbott, with almost all of them taking trains into New York City. The towns do need to be prepared uh, um, to um, make sure that the immigrants get on to where they're going, uh, but that all, all parties are notified. Edison does not have the social services, 
resources that would be required to attend to the migrants. Edison Mayor Sam Joshi is one of five mayors with migrant buses stopping in their municipalities. It does not fall into municipal budgets. We have to be practical about this. And that's really uh, what the basis of my whole position is. It's that the federal government needs to decide what position they're going to take. What this is, is a wake-up call for Congress uh, to get back to work. We also need a federal strategy to slow this down. We got to turn off the faucet. New York City Mayor Eric Adams might want to turn off the faucet, but he could be in hot water for issuing an executive order limiting when migrant buses can enter the city. Mayors say that's the reason migrants are coming through New Jersey. The executive order is not backfiring. Sea Caucus Mayor Michael Ganelli begs to differ. His city saw migrants pass through Sea Caucus Junction, and part of a statement that he sent reads, perhaps the requirements Mayor Adams put in place are too stringent and are resulting in unexpected consequences as it seems the bus operators have figured out a loophole in the system. We will continue to monitor this situation closely. We're going to continue to modify ship procedures, processes to really push back on what Governor Abbott is doing. He's not alone. After migrants passed through Fanwood, Mayor Colleen Marr sent a statement that reads in part, Assuming that these passengers were indeed migrants from Texas, I find it absolutely deplorable that they're being shuffled around like cattle. This is a humanitarian crisis in which the governors of all affected states, the White House and Congress need to come together to find a solution. Mayor Joshi has been praised and criticized for earlier interviews where he referred to the asylum seekers as illegal immigrants and said they had no place in Edison. I'm a first generation here. And I cannot tell you the overwhelming positive response that I have gotten throughout my entire municipality. The only way that you can claim asylum is by being in the United States. Um, and so asylum is a legal right here in the United States. Immigration advocate Amy Torres says she's disappointed by the tone some politicians have taken in calling the migrants illegal immigrants and says no laws are broken when they pass through New Jersey. There's nothing that says that non-citizens can't buy a ticket on a bus. There's nothing that says that non-citizens can't rent a hotel room. These are needy people, and we need to treat them with the humanity that is supposed to be a manifestation of America. Congresswoman Bonnie Watson Coleman has thoughts on Texas busing migrants over the last two years or so. What uh, the governor of Texas is doing has been offensive to me. She's heard mayors criticize Congress for not doing enough on immigration, an issue where Democrats and Republicans agree on one thing. The fault lies with the other party. The MAGA Republican majority in the House of Representatives has not been helpful at all. It has rejected all of the improvements, all of the resources that need to be uh, placed in the border. Republican Congressman Jeff Van Drew sent a statement which reads in part, Governor Murphy has continued to show a complete lack of leadership in the state of New Jersey and has opened the door for our state to become overrun by illegal immigration. We are all border states now. Mayors tell me they think more buses will stop by in the future, making sure this issue isn't going away anytime soon. For NJ Spotlight News, I'm Ted Goldberg.
A Newark imam who was shot outside his mosque on Wednesday morning has died. According to law enforcement, the imam, identified as Hassan Sharif, was taken to University Hospital in critical condition and was pronounced dead shortly after 2 p.m. City officials say police responded to reports of a shooting at 6.15 a.m. at the mosque, Masjid Mohammed Newark, at South Orange Avenue and Camden Street. The police investigation into the shooting remains ongoing. The shooting comes at a time when law enforcement agencies are warning of a surge in hate crimes. Governor Phil Murphy said in a statement there was no evidence of motive for the shooting as of Wednesday afternoon, but acknowledged the violence may heighten fears in the state's Islamic community. He pledged that his administration would work to keep houses of worship safe. Patterson is the latest New Jersey city touting a drop in violent crime in 2023. Preliminary year-end crime reporting shows murders, shootings, sexual violence, and aggravated assaults are all down compared to 2022. Shootings are at their lowest level in a decade, dropping by 25%. And the number of murders in 2023 stands at 17, compared with 28 for the previous year. The announcement in reduced crime comes some 10 months after the state attorney general took control of the city's police department in March. The state AG said at the time there was a crisis of confidence in law enforcement. He appointed Issa Abbasi to lead the Patterson PD in May. Abbasi says these latest numbers are a sign that the takeover is working. You know, the job's not done here, right? We're not declaring mission complete. There's so much more to do. And, and you know, crime statistics uh, are great. And I think, you know, our, our crime statistics are exceptional. Uh, but there's so much more to do around constitutional policing, community engagement, maintaining a level of safety here in the city um, that, that thankfully we've been able to achieve. But the state takeover has caused friction between the state and the city. Patterson Mayor Andre Sea has been critical of state intervention and today said the city was already reducing crime before the state took control of the police department. This is a win for the city of Patterson, but it started way back way back when we got reelected by a resounding margin, when we said that we are gonna pursue non-policing strategies to reduce crime in Patterson, whether it's through re-entry, whether it's through financial empowerment, whether through the guaranteed income or assisting people who are struggling with opioid use disorder. So we were gonna have this same conversation irrespective of a state takeover because there were items that we were implementing that just took time to bake. 2023 was a rough year for many folks looking to buy a home with limited inventory, high prices and ever rising mortgage rates, making it a tough sell. But with interest rates starting to come down, sales are expected to rise, meaning 2024 could be a much better year for home buyers. Senior correspondent Brenda Flanagan reports. It was almost comical because it was just unbelievable. Nick Gerstner uh, talks about trying to buy a house in New Jersey last summer. The prices. Looking at what the houses were being listed for and then finding out that they were going 100000 150000 over asking. And I was thinking, my God, like, I, I don't know 
how I'm going to make this work. But he finally succeeded, nabbed this nice three-bedroom in Little Falls last July for just 6000 over asking price. The hitch, it came with a lead paint problem that Gerstner paid another twenty grand to fix. Um, fortunately, I have a background in architecture, so I wasn't afraid uh, to look at houses that needed a little bit of love and care and some work. And I think... Um, if I didn't have that background, I would still probably be looking. Right now, we have very, very little inventory. New Jersey Realtors Gloria Monk says New Jersey home prices plunged 23% last year, even as prices rose. But lots of folks are still looking. What can they expect? Realtor.com forecast an almost 11% drop in existing home sales, with prices up 3% and mortgage rates averaging 6.8%. But Monks thinks rates will probably keep dropping. I'm very optimistic. I do feel that um, buyers will have more of an opportunity to come back into the market um, if indeed the interest rates do come down. Um, it is going to give them much more buying power. It's, you know, hundreds of dollars every month in their pocket once that occurs. I would take a huge bet that you will see more transactions in 2024 than 2023. Berkshire Hathaway's Ken Barris believes homeowners who locked in very low mortgage rates years ago and delayed selling when the market went nuts will finally feel motivated to list their properties in 2024. But again, a lot depends on interest rates. When interest rates go below 5%, if they do, you'll see a blizzard of listings hit the market like we haven't seen in a incredibly long time. And I've told every realtor in our company and all of our offices, if rates go below 5%, cancel your vacation because it's all hands on deck. We're going to be listing and selling an incredible amount of real estate. Realtors say the South Jersey market around Philadelphia is more fluid because there's more space to build, but they suspect bidding wars will continue. So what should anxious home buyers do? The likelihood here is uh, that interest rates are going to fall significantly. Uh, and we've already seen evidence of that. Market analyst Jeff Otto has a recommendation for home buyers. He says start looking in February. Identify the house that you uh, would like to purchase, uh, make your mortgage application, and hold off on locking in on the interest rate until perhaps March or April or May, depending upon when your closing will be, and get the benefit of any sort of reductions in interest rates over that period. And he says you can refinance a mortgage. Gerstner locked in at six and a half percent. I really feel lucky that I was able to do this and my heart really goes out for people that are still looking. He understands the frustration. I'm Brenda Flanagan, NJ Spotlight News. In our spotlight on business report tonight, breweries and distilleries are getting some temporary relief. The state's Division of Alcohol Beverage Control has delayed enforcing restrictions on breweries and distilleries just days before they were set to take effect. Breweries and other craft alcohol manufacturers have been pushing for an end to the rules, which bar them from serving food and limit them to holding just 25 events per year. The legislature passed a bill to permanently lift restrictions, but Governor Murphy issued a conditional veto calling for the legislature to tie the brewery bill to more comprehensive liquor license reform. ABC Director James Graziano says the pause will be extended through January 16th. The final day, Governor Phil Murphy can take action on bills during this legislative session. If the governor does not sign a piece of legislation by then, 
um, that gives some certainty to the industry. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, the ABC may decide to again extend the pause. Uh, could be for another month. Could be another six months. Who knows? Or they can revert back to what they intended to enforce back in July of 2022, which was those restrictions. If those restrictions were enforced, I would guarantee it would entirely freeze the development of future breweries in the state of New Jersey, and in fact, close some and have folks look to other states to open up breweries going forward. Residents of a troubled public housing complex in Atlantic City are set to get a payout for enduring poor living conditions. A Superior Court judge on Tuesday ordered the Atlantic City Housing Authority to give residents of Stanley Homes Village a 25 percent rebate on all rent paid since the lawsuit was filed in November 2022 to compensate for the 420 unit complex's state of disrepair. Residents sued the Housing Authority over a variety of complaints, including unreliable heat and hot water, burst pipes, gas leaks, and pest infestations. The court order does not go as far as attorneys for the residents had sought, but larger payouts may be available for individual residents once the litigation is resolved. Turning to Wall Street, here's how the markets close today. Support for the Business Report provided by Rowan University, educating New Jersey leaders, partnering with New Jersey businesses, transforming New Jersey's future. to do it for us tonight but don't forget to download the nj spotlight news podcast so you can listen anytime i'm raven santana for the entire nj spotlight news team thanks for being with us and we'll see you right back here tomorrow night new jersey education association making public schools great for every child and rwj barnabas health let's be healthy together I'm very grateful that I'm still here. That's me and my daughter when we went to celebrate our first anniversary. With a new kidney, I have strength. They gave me a new lease on life. I'm still going everywhere and exploring new places. Nobody thought I was going to be here. Nobody. Now I look forward to getting older with my wife. That's possible now. We're transforming lives through innovative kidney treatments, living donor programs, and world-renowned care at two of New Jersey's premier hospitals. They gave me my normal life back. It's a blessing. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Have some water. Look at these kids. How are you? What do you see? I see myself. I became an ESL teacher to give my students what I wanted when I came to this country. The opportunity to learn, to dream, to achieve, a chance to belong and to be an American. My name is Julia Toriani Crompton and I'm proud to be an NJEA member.